Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings students and welcome to this episode of The Professor Travel. I am your host, The Professor Travel, coming to you from Orange County, California. This is the website, the blog, and the podcast that you come to in order to learn about different travel destinations. This is where you go in order to discuss them as a community. Hopefully, this inspires you to travel more and ultimately enjoy life more. Now, you can reach me at a variety of different social media sites, including at The Professor Travel, which is my website. You can also reach me through both YouTube and Facebook at The Professor Travel. I'm now available on TikTok for those of you who use that. You can find me at on TikTok at The Professor Travel. If you're an Instagrammer, you can find me at The underscore Professor underscore travel. On Twitter, I'm available at the Professor TR1. And if you're a blogger, you can find me on Blogspot at theprofessortravel.blogspot.com. Today, I have a very special visiting professor coming to us. Um, I would like to introduce you to Shabazz Saeed. Say hello to the students and the audience, Shabazz. Hello, students and audience. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on to this. Um, now, we're right in the middle of Ramadan right now. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And happy Ramadan to you and blessed to you. Thank you. Beautiful. Oh, thank you so kindly. I appreciate that. Now, for my students who have not had an opportunity to meet you and don't know a little bit about what we're going to be talking about, uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about a trip that you took last year to Saudi Arabia during an event called Umrah. Um, so not the Hajj specifically, but it was another event. But before we get into that, for the benefit of my students to understand a little bit more about you, would you be kind enough to tell us a little bit about your educational background, a little bit about what you do for a living, and then maybe some places that you've traveled? Sure. Um, yeah, so I am a uh, bachelor's graduate from Cal State Fullerton University in California, and um, currently um, I studied in um, public relations and event designing. Mm -hmm. So currently I'm do I have my own um, freelance event designing uh, business and I do floral design, event design for all occasions. Um, the name of the business is called A Seed and Stone. Think outside the vase. <laughs> That's great. Though. And we'll talk, we're going to, I'm like, if it's okay sure. with you, I'm going to give them your link in just a little bit as well. Okay. Yeah, no problem. And just just again, so that people understand, um, what are some of the different de travel destinations that you've been to in the past? Yeah, so I'm originally from, um, um, I'm Arab Indian, born in Pakistan. So I've been in USA for about 37 years. And um, I have, you know, of course, been to India, um, Pakistan, um, my trip to Saudi Arabia last year. Mm -hmm. I've been to Canada, uh, Mexico, Hong Kong, and also um, Amsterdam and uh, Copenhagen. Nice. To name a few. Very nice. Thank you for sharing those. But for the purpose of this <laughs> blog and podcast, 
we're going to be talking a little bit more about a trip that you took to Saudi Arabia, which I'm very excited to understand about. So this was for an event called Umrah. Can you tell my students a little bit more about what that is? Yeah, Umrah is like a uh, like a mini pilgrimage to Mecca, and it can be uh, done anytime during the year. And it's not um, um, mandatory as um, Hajj is. Hajj is actually, um, Islam is made up of five pillars. Uh, the first is uh, accepting the faith, and, um, and then the second one is to um, have the, the belief in um, um, the God, and um, like the, the five pillars, like acceptance, mm-hmm. um, um, also practicing the, uh, the, the fasting, mm-hmm. um, uh, the, uh, the acceptance of the oneness of God, and then also uh, the fifth pillar is uh, pilgrimage to Mecca. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, that one is not, ob- it's obligatory if you're able to afford it and if you have the health and the financial well-being to go there. But if you're not able to, then you know it's not required, and it only takes place in the month of Hajj. Okay. Whereas Umrah can be taken, uh, can be done anytime during the year. That makes sense. So, so that's why, for my first time, I went there um, to, to to see the Kaaba, to see the Prophet's Mosque in Medina, and do several little you know rituals. Well, we're going to talk about all those different things that you did on the itinerary. I'm going to be very excited to know more about that. Um, Now, for planning this kind of a trip, though, how long did you have to start planning for this once you knew that you wanted to go? So this was a um, a sudden plan for myself because actually one of my uh, siblings ended up uh, treating me uh, this trip as my birthday gift. Oh, nice. So, So that's how I was able to go. And, um, uh, but usually I would recommend that you, you know, plan a month or two in advance, um, check out the various different, you know, flight options, um, um, you know, to see special deals. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I was, I mean, I found out like literally two weeks prior to the trip. So I had to get my visa done. <laughs> wow. Uh, visa, you can actually, they've made things much easier, um, uh, for applying for visa for Saudi Arabia, it's online now, so it's like like eighty, ninety dollars, you know, depending on when you're going. And then they send you the link um, um, uh, within a week, you know, if you you can get us. And then of course, going to get your passport from the USA, you know, going to dodge on LA, and they can do it the same day, or they can, you know, do it in three days. Nice. So that sounds like it's a much more efficient process than potentially it had been in the past. Yes. Excellent. Now, in preparation for this trip, did you have to get any type of travel medications, like uh, inoculations or anything, or were you fine? I was fine. I was already up to date, but you know they um, require you you know take the different um, tests that we are discussed about. Um, other other than that, just to make sure you're healthy before you're traveling. But there was not, not, nothing specific okay. um, that you had to take with you. Not a problem. And then finally, and before we get started and talking about the pre-packing process, were there any types – okay, so you're going to you're going to Saudi Arabia for Umrah, and mm-hmm. it's a religious um, 
events, do you have to prepare yourself like, like how you do with Ramadan? Do you have to fast for a certain amount of time? Do you have to do anything specific as far as special preparations on eating? Talk to me a little bit about that. Did you have to do anything in preparing your body for this? There wasn't any specific uh, dietary things you needed to do, but um, I think the uh, the more important was to um, put that intention into your you know mind and heart that you're going there you know to meet your uh, to see the house of your Lord you know who created that and um, you know prepare like like why like what your intention is you know what is it that you want to um, spiritually you know improve on things like that. It was more like a spiritual um, preparation. Excellent. Very good. Okay, so now let's talk about the physical prepacking process. Now, you're going to be going there for how long? So I went there for five days. Okay. I, um, I left here on Sunday, and I got there um, Monday evening. Okay. And um, it was a 16-hour flight. Uh, direct flight from LAX to uh, Saudi Arabia through the Saudi Air, um, Airlines. Okay. And um, I was going to be there for um, um, five days total. So I was there until Friday evening. Okay. And so, what did you have to pack for that type of a trip? I mean, it can't be like, like well, I don't, I don't know. How was the weather? Was it cold? Was it hot? I mean, like, what was it? What were you looking at? It was, um, it was a warm, uh, warm weather. They had, I think the first day we got there, it rained there. So it was kind of spring, um, uh, spring, summer, I would say, type of weather. So, um, I mean, it was raining the, <laughs> the, the first two days that I got there. So we had to, like, you know, have jackets, you know, uh, wear something um, comfortable. Okay. And, um, but for the Umrah process, like, when you make the intention to go there, mm-hmm. you have to have your specific uh, garments, which is... Um, for women, they have to wear, you know, uh, a fully like a clothing, mm-hmm. whereas men, they have to wear two pieces of garment and that you wrap around your waist and then you have like a, at an angle, you wear the, uh, it's like two pieces of towels more or less. They have to be unstitched, uh, pieces of clothing that are held by a belt. Okay. And what uh, is that called? It's called a, um, a harem. Harem. Harem outfit. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And you learned the hard way that you should have put that in your carry-on. <laughs> Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I was like. So for me, it was the first time. So I didn't know the specifics, even though I had read about it. But I, you know, it's like um, practicing is one thing, and then reading about it is another thing. Mm-hmm. So um, um, I, I packed when I when I received my garment, I packed it in my suitcase as opposed to my uh, carry-on because I'm supposed to carry on the outfit with me on the on the airplane and um, um, prior to landing at the um, um, at Saudi Arabia people who are intending on doing the Umrah they have to wear that garment before mm. they get out of the airplane got it and um, get their you know um, intentions ready prior to that but since I didn't have my outfit even though I prayed I wasn't wearing the outfit that I need to um, uh, where when I arrived at the airport, so I had to do an extra step, whereas I had to go to a, a mosque and do the preparation there, and then um, and you know the, then they you know um, I wouldn't I'm not sure exactly what the correct term is. It's like a penance you have to yeah, provide. Like a penance. Yeah, yeah, like a penance where you have to um, you know 
um, sacrifice a lamb or a goat um, um, and donate that to like the needy and the poor people so your um, umrah is accepted. You know? okay. So is this something that you pay for the cost of livestock in order to be provided to the poor or is it something that you just give the, like a cash donation? How does that, how does that work? No, you have to actually get the livestock and have it sacrificed okay. and then it's being distributed to the, uh, the poor people, you know, or the, the needy people. Okay, cool. Well, that's I good. I mean, if you can't do it, then you have, you know, you said you pay somebody else to, do it on to, your behalf. To, yeah, to butcher it, obviously, because you're not a butcher yeah. by trade. But right. at the same time, it's like, okay, you 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 select. Are you do you actually go through the selection process, or is it more like I I give this over to this person to provide to these poor? Yeah, I mean, um, they they recommend that you go there and select the you know the you go through the selection process yourself. Okay, and um, if you're able to sacrifice the animal, you know, um, like. Then, you, then um, that's recommended. But if you're not able to, and you don't have that, um, um, uh, you know, facility or availability to do that, then you can have another person who is able to do that for you. That you makes pay sense. Them to do that. Yeah, I mean, because I'm not, I, I'm not a butcher by trade either. So, I mean, if I was to yeah. go there, I would, I would certainly want someone else to be able to help guide through that process. So, um, so we're going to skip over the next couple of parts where we talk about uh, pre-vacation destinations since it sounds like it was a direct flight, although it sounds like it was a very long flight. So um, hopefully you got to stretch out a little bit on the flight. How was the customer service on the flight? Yeah, the customer service was very good. And um, most of the um, airplane, like more than half the airplane was empty. So people were able to, you know, take over seats and make your own little <laughs> bed, combining a couple of chairs, you know. That's nice. And of course... They give you those like um, a small little pillows and blankets mm-hmm. that are like you know really squishy. And um, I came up with a concept of putting four or five pillows together in one small blanket and making a big you know like a roll and um, using that as a pillow. And then I went to all the different guests who were <laughs> <laughs> trying to give them recommendations on how to sleep better. It's like a sleeping bag like- on a plane. So congratulations. <laughs> Um, no, that's good. But, but getting off the plane, um, so where, so where do you, where does the plane land? What is the city that you're in? Oh, it lands in, uh, city of Jeddah. That's the main city, um, uh, that is close to Mecca. Okay. So they have a Jeddah International Airport. Okay. And, uh, what were your accommodations there? Were you staying with family? Did you stay at a hotel? What was it like? Yeah, we stayed at, um, three different hotels, uh, there, um, we stayed at um, the Mecca Tower Hotel. Um, that was like re- literally like um, uh, uh, across from where the the Mecca. Um, I'm sorry, where the Kaaba holy site is. Okay. So, um, and that was the first two nights we stayed there. Then we went to Medina for, um, which is another safe about six hours from Mecca. So mm-hmm. we drove there. So we had transportation, which was part of a um, package that we had signed up with that included hotel stay and uh, transportation from airport to the uh, hotel and then from the um, then from the hotel to the, the destination of Medina and then return back to the hotel and then from the hotel to the airport. And for the benefit of my students who are out there who may not understand the the whole premise behind this. Um, this is basically as you're going through 
Umrah, I assume it's similar in some ways to Hajj in that you're going to the specific sites that Muhammad went to as he went through his, um, like, like as he came down off the mountain, once he talked to Allah and then, uh, went to Mecca talking to them about how the, how their gods were wrong. And then he had to flee to Medina and things like that. Is that pretty similar to the same process that you went through? Yes. Okay. A lot of the, the specificness of the, the, like for the example, for the pilgrimage or Hajj, there's like a 10 day, um, 10 day ritual process that you do and you go to the different sites and you, you know, you do your prayers and, and those are specifically also, if you're able to do all of them during Umrah, you can, but the main ones are like, you know, going to um, the Mecca and doing the rituals there. And then also going to Medina and doing a couple other rituals there. And then, you know, between those, those two, if, if you have time and, you know, you know, usually they recommend you, you know, 10, 10 days to, um, you know, 12 days for this specific journey. But if you don't have that and you're only there for five days, then you can get done as much as you can, you know? Okay, perfect. So let's move on to the itinerary then. Um, this is where I'm going to let you kind of take over a little bit and talk to us about what you did as you went through these five days. Talk to us about okay. the individual locations that you were at and kind of what a person would have expected going to this during this specific time of year that you went and did this. Okay. Um, Do you want to start with Mecca? Sure. Yeah, so I got to, we got there about, um, we arrived on um, Monday, um, and Monday, in the, like a late, late afternoon, then we got to, we were picked up by the transport uh, from uh, the airport uh, to take us to Mecca, but prior to getting to Mecca, I had to go to the mosque and, you know, change into my correct outfit mm-hmm. and um since our our uh, trip afterwards we were going to go to pakistan so of course you know it was myself my sister my brother and his wife mm-hmm. so that's eight suitcases and four carry-on <laughs> has a lot of suitcases carrying so so um one of my cousins was able to meet us at the um um uh, at the site of um, Mecca, where we were going to, uh, when we arrived at the airport, and he was able to take, you know, I think six, like 10 of our suitcases from us. Okay. And then another remaining items, you know, we took with us. So at that, at that point is when I got my garment out, and I, then we went to the mosque, and I did my, you know, whistle, um, uh, which is like the, uh, the washing, uh, uh, and making the intention to, um, go to the, um, to do the, to do my Umrah. Okay. And then after, um, I was, you know, I changed into that. Then we went and checked into our hotel. And of course, while I was there, I was looking at, you know, the, um, the venues and how they, um, how clean, how clean they were and what kind of decor they have. Like, you know, in the United States, you know, we see, we go to Maine, um, um, Hotels, and we see the the ambiance or the decorations, the floral designs. So I was also mindful of you know getting some ideas about oh okay how I can improve my skills or what kind of mechanics they had used there. Nice for design stuff as well. And then after we checked into our hotel, then we um, walked to the um, to the to the Mecca. Uh, I'm sorry, to the Kaaba, and um, 
it was about a, I would say like a maybe ten minute walk there. Okay. And especially if you are going there, um, I would recommend if if you are you know if you have leg injuries and they do have um, they provide uh, wheelchairs. There are a lot of people you can rent somebody to you know drive you on the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And uh, so after we got there, then we went and did our prayers at the um, at the Mecca Mosque. And then after that, we went and walked. Um, then we had to go to the, the Kaaba. And we have to go um, seven times around the, the Kaaba. Now, and, that, that um, Ka- the Kaaba is the large black cube that you see in Mecca. Is that correct? That's the Kaaba. Yeah, that's the Kaaba. Okay. And that's been there since the beginning of time um, where, you know, um, uh, Prophet Abraham had uh, gone there and um, uh, built that specific site. And people, you know, throughout the years, they would actually have all their gods and idols there before Islam came and took take over and got rid of the um, um, the idols that were there. Nice. So that's that been originally there for many thousands of years. So we, when you go around this, um, the Kaaba, you have to do like specific prayers when you come around the corners um, and then you read specific um, prayers while you're walking around. And then you have to also, there's a part of the Kaaba that you have to touch. You know, um, they also have a um, original stone that is from the heavens that is also um, on one, one side of the Kaaba. Mm-hmm. And uh, people, you know, go and touch it and they, you know, kiss it and uh, pray by after you're done with the seven, um, seven circles. So, I mean, they have, so like when you're closest to the circles, of course, the circles are smaller or the rings are smaller, but it can expand as far as, you know, a mile uh, circle as you go around. I mean, as the fronts get rolled up, they have different tiers where people, you know, also walk around. Okay. So I was advised that during the month of um, um, Hajj, that place is so packed that people sometimes they don't even leave. They they just have the night at the uh, at the Kaaba, you know, at the Kaaba and the mosque. Well, it's I, the videos I've seen of the ritual. It seems very busy during the month of Hajj. It and like you see how packed it can get. Yeah, it gets really, really packed, and I was just like, I mean, I was there during uh, Umrah, and uh, I was like, uh, when we got there the first day, there wasn't that many people because it had rained that day, mm-hmm. but the next day, I mean, people had just like, it, it was so packed that people were telling me that, oh my God, but this is like as packed as a day of Hajj, more or less. I mean, it wasn't as much as that, but it was like more than half. <laughs> it's one of those like, oh, it just so happened to be a really, really busy time. <laughs> so Yeah. And I mean, usually, um, I guess Saudi Arabia has um, made like less, made, made the restrictions much easier for people to get there okay. because they had made the, um, the visa um, online and they have opened it up more. So people uh, uh, of different countries and travel agencies have been taking advantage of that to get more people to go there. Okay. So they have nice. tours of people that come there, you know. And um, so after you do the rings, then you go to another section 
which is the Mount of Safa and uh, Marwa are the two mountains that uh, um, Hagar, uh, uh, Abraham's uh, second wife, mm-hmm. um, who was left um, in the mountains with her baby. So she had she ran from one mountain to the next mountain looking for water or for food for the baby because the baby was crying. Okay. So she would go to one mountain and you know you know pray to God, and then she would run to the other side and um, you know uh, pray to God. Mm-hmm. She did it seven times. So they have those um, two exact mountain locations there, and um, at that site, I mean, you see part of the rocks, and then then they have this um, uh, walking pathway set up where you go onto one side and then you come back around to the other side. But even on that pathway, they have a section where they have where in that specific section you have to run. So you're walking a portion of it, but then when you get to a specific section, every, they have it every dashes basically. <laughs> yeah. So you have to like run it they have like a section that green lights that they have on the ceilings. So to to mark the sections like so when you get to that section you have to start running. And then you can walk the rest of it. Okay. So it's on both sides because to signify how Hagar had ran in that section, so we're kind of like reliving that portion uh, to to signify that. How just out of curiosity, how far does a person have to run? Is it like more than a quarter of a mile, or is it less than that? It's less than that. It's like um, I would say maybe thirty, forty feet. Okay. Run, so it's more sim- so it's more symbolism. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can send you a photo of that um, if you wanted to include it, but otherwise, it's it's not a huge um, section. No, that's okay. <laughs> Please continue. So then, um, after you do that, and once you get to each end, you have to do a little prayer, and then you come back around. Okay. So once that is done, then you go to the um, Kaaba. And there's a section where they have the um, Zamzam water. Uh, so Zamzam water is the water that was that appeared um, um, for after Hagar had done her seven rounds from the um, from a natural spring under the ground. Okay. And that water is still runs to this day. Of course, they have you know specific uh, pipelines installed to make sure that the water is um, you know. Uh, available in all the different fountains throughout the uh, Kaaba area. Okay. And then they also uh, transport that water to Medina as well. Okay. And that water has, uh, it's so natural and uh, it also has healing properties. So people who drink it, they don't tend to get sick as much, you know. And uh, when I was there, I mean, I mean, it just seemed so surreal that I didn't have stomach, um, pains um while drinking this specific water and um also i um i felt more like i would say like more alive in a way like more spiritual like more in tuned with um with myself and being there it was just like very surreal situation you know like emotionally what was a spiritual awakening for you it seemed yeah like a spiritual awakening right awesome so then, is your next stop after this then to Medina, or? Yeah, then after that, we, um, so we did two Umbras, uh, like two um, at the Kaaba, and then um, then after that, we um, 
left the hotel on Wednesday and um, drove to Medina, which is about, I would say, five to six hour drive. It's like a trip from like here to San Francisco, more or less. So you can't walk it? You can't walk it. Okay. So, you know, you're driving to the desert and, um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's hot. I mean, we, we went there during spring, so it wasn't as hot, but I'm sure it would be hotter with people, you know, who go on any other months. Yeah. And when we get to the uh, Medina, we checked into our hotel. The hotel that we got wasn't the best accommodation, so <laughs> everybody was complaining about the accommodations for that specific location. And then, um, but the following night, we were able to stay at another hotel. Um, so, um, the, yeah, at the Medina, they have a specific, um, they have one specific entrance, which is specifically like the woman's entrance. Um, um, most of the entrances are blocked off for, cause, um, in Islam, we believe that, um, uh, modesty and, you know, um, is very high. So they want to, you know, separate, um, the woman and the men's. Uh, so you can, you know, concentrate more on the spirituality level of this. So they have certain um, entrance into the um, into the mosque for women. So, so originally when we were uh, staying at the specific hotel, we had requested, you know, um, to be closer to the women's entrance, which was gate number uh, twenty one and twenty two. But we were on the opposite side, which was gate fifteen. So. It was a longer walk, you know, for my sisters to get in there. Okay. But, um, so the mosque is so huge inside. Um, I mean, I've, of course, like the experience itself was like amazing for me. Mm-hmm. And they had these, um, um, like I would say like umbrella, like tents outside Yeah. that opened up, um, like in, at nighttime they closed down and then at, in the morning, they opened up to cover up uh, the the outside patio praying area. You know, yes, because the mosque is so um, uh, filled that uh, people have to line up outside to pray. Okay. So, um, so we go to the mosque, you do our prayers. Um, in the mosque, they also have the um, memorial uh, burial for the Prophet Muhammad. Okay. Peace be upon him. Um, I guess in, um, back in the day, um, it was open so people could actually go walk up to the, um, what's it, the, like the memorial, like the mausoleum and, and, you know, pray on there. Yeah. But um, over the years, uh, because of population increase and they had to do a lot of expansion, they have closed that session off with like um, ornate um, um, designs for like paneling around it. Yeah. So you can't even, you can't go touch it, but you have to, you can see through the cracks of the design, the actual mausoleums that are there. Wow. Okay. But I mean, at so, least, at least you can see it. It's, you can't necessarily touch it, but you can see that they're there. Yeah. You can see that they're there. Exactly. Okay. Nice. So, um, and there's so many people there that want to go there. So they have to, I mean, they have like, um, I would say the government, uh, security or the army, are um, you know they have to guide people to you know to keep the traffic going so people don't hurdle up there. Sure, I can understand that. And then um, there's also a portion 
where people say that um, uh, a specific a portion of the prayer area is like a direct connection to like the heaven. Mm-hmm. It's what they, so people sometimes go and make prayers in that section also. Um, so they have the original uh, uh, Prophet peace be upon him's mosque there, and then they, of course they have expanded out the outer portions with you know um, extra construction area, and they're con- you know they're continuing to do more building there as well. So after um, we went to you know we saw the his memorial, we did all prayers there. Then we came out, and then there's a. Um, um, the burial. There's also a cemetery next to the mosque where all the um, all the spiritual um, imams or the caliphs or the prophet's wives. They're all buried in that specific um, uh, cemetery. Nice. Which is next to it, so people go there and they do special, you know, prayers for the people who have passed away. Um, and if you have a guide, you know, sometimes guides will tell you like, oh, it's this specific prayer, uh, this specific grave is for such and such, you know. And it's just, you know, like you're just there. You're just like, wow, like these people have struggled, you know, when the Islam came and what um, um, endurance they had to take while, um, you know, when the Islam was first introduced and what journeys they had to do to get there, you know. So it's like a big um, um, uh, commendation to be buried at that specific cemetery. Excellent. I have a quick question for you. Um, sure. Apart from um, Umrah and Hajj, are there other events that would take you to both Mecca and Medina as the year goes on? No, those are the two specific ones. Okay. That, um, yeah, I mean, Umrah, you can do any anytime during the year. I mean, you know, you can do as many Umrahs as you want. You know, it's just like a self-purification process. Mm-hmm. You know, if your Umrah gets accepted, so your past, you know, sins or discretions get are, are forgiven. You know, so you can uh, move forward. It's so some people, you know, go hundreds of times to do Umrah self. I mean, of course, people who live there, they have the luxury of doing that. You know, of course, yeah. So, so, so let me ask you this then: After Medina, do you have to head back to Mecca at this point in order to head back home, or to head back? Actually, your next stop after this is going to be Pakistan, correct? Yeah, but after Medina, we have to, you have to come back to Mecca uh, okay. before because um, the flight that is that we left from was Jeddah International Airport. So mm-hmm. that's the one specifically. Uh, that air, uh, airport is specifically designed for people who are coming for Umrah and the Hajj to to do that. I'm really sur- yeah, I'm really surprised that they don't have a separate airport at Medina or close to Medina, so that once you're done going from Mecca to Medina, that you can just take off from there. It, I'm really kind of surprised that they don't do that. Or do they? Yeah. Um, no, you have to come back to Mecca to finish the Umrah process. Oh, okay. So it's starting in Mecca, then you go to the mountains, then you go back to Mecca, then you go to Medina, and then you go back to Mecca again, correct? No, no, you go to Mecca, then you go to Medina, and then you come back to Mecca, and that's it. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, so just like a you, pretty much. Awesome. Well, what I'm going to do then is um, we'll, we'll focus on the return process and another video because I want to make sure – um, to focus on that separate video being about Pakistan and and this one specifically being about Saudi Arabia, but just as some fo- some post vacation uh, thoughts, 
just if you were speaking to my students, what would you say are the pros of going on a trip like this? What What are the advantages, do you think? Yeah, the advantage of it is, you know, you're uh, getting a new experience from a different, from another country's point of view and learning more about that culture and seeing how their um, daily life is around a specific spiritual journey as opposed to you coming from another country and experiencing that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, I mean, when I was there, like, um, Saudi Arabia is a specific country where uh, the working class is different than any other countries. Um, um, I guess, I guess, um, I guess one con would be like the people who are coming from different countries. It's like you can't, um, you have to do like service jobs as mm. opposed to people who are actually uh, Saudi born who have the Saudi the uh, um, lineage. Uh, they're the only ones who go do any kind of government. Uh, security, army kind of jobs. Yeah. So when you when you're there, you're like, oh. Um, so there's like the Bangladeshi, the Pakistanis, the Indians, Sri Lankans, you know, all these other um, uh, uh, people who are living there. They, they do service jobs, like you know, cleaning, um, hotel services, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have, like, you know, you learn about that, and. Um, also, in terms of the experience, you know, what the culture is like and how you have to be, you know, careful and um, you can't take pictures over there without, you know, people's permissions. Because um, of, of the face. You want to make sure you're not taking pictures of people's faces, correct? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also here, too, but over here, people take candid pictures over there. You're not allowed to do that, you know? Yeah. It's like um, looked down upon, especially at the, the religious Um, sites you know yeah that makes sense um also just so my students are aware um are there any type of value adds cost savings or best practices that you would want to share with them like do you think it's better to book through a travel agent do you think it's better to book on your own what are your thoughts yeah um in terms of i mean i would recommend to if it's your first time to shop around and see um what value packages are available for um um to go to you know uh, for your umrah trip or your pilgrimage trip but then at the same time also cross-reference that if you were able to do it on your own mm-hmm. um i mean uh, like when i went there i had booked um like we had done our uh, flights through online booking we had were able to get less expensive rates mm. but um um when we did our uh, transportation and hotel accommodations we did it with this one person um, who was highly recommended, but unfortunately, when we got there, the service that they had uh, ch- uh, charged us for did not equate to the service that was provided. Mm, that's unfortunate. And so, like, if we, we spent $2,500, but when we calculated uh, the transportation amount separately from the hotels we were staying at, I mean, we, we could have done it. For less than twelve hundred dollars, you know. So I think you're. So I think you're getting to. You want to definitely research before you take a trip like this to make sure you're getting the best price and the best quality. Maybe look at some reviews, things like that. Is that what you're suggesting? Yes, I would recommend that. Okay, perfect, awesome. Well, thank you, Shabazz, and I really appreciate you sharing all this information with my students as well. I, I, this has been really educational for me too. So thank you so much. And if thank you enjoyed you. this experience. Hopefully you'll come back again uh, so we can discuss Pakistan because I'm really interested in knowing more about that as well.
Sure, definitely. Thank that you. was a little longer trip, so I would love to share that with you as well. Excellent. Thank you so much. Now, before we get going, though, I know that you have a uh, you have a business that does floral design and different events. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I've been um, um, doing floral. I mean, I fell into floral designing, didn't know I had that creativity uh, back in 2005. So for the past 15 years, I've been doing uh, floral design for events, weddings, you know, nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Also, I do um, uh, private floral designs for homes or um, uh, real estate companies. And also, um, if you wanted to order a specific design for a special occasion. So I have, um, so I'm, you know, I have my website is seedinstone.com. Um, also available on Instagram and um, Facebook under the same name. Awesome. Now, just again, so for my people that are on the podcast and who are not looking at this, it's www a seed and stone.com all one word a s e e d a n d s t o n e.com thank you of course give me the opportunity to join you and share my experience oh i appreciate it. It, it i really did learn a lot so thank you so much i appreciate that Welcome. And for my students that are out there, if you have any questions or comments that you would like to know more about, you can always send me an email at scott at theprofessortravel.com. If you did like this video, please give it a thumbs up. If you haven't subscribed already, please do so. And then if you want to be informed when new videos are coming out, hit the bell icon at the top of the screen in order to be able to know when those happen. If you're listening on one of the podcasts, though, please give us a rating. But until our next time, make every day a travel adventure. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting the Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with the Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.